Guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another live episode of the Arsenio Bug Show, and you can hear that I have all my energy back, and I have my funkiness back. It's because I got a hell of a good night of sleep, because I am officially back in Bangkok. I'm so grateful. Guys, I've summed up all the crazy podcasts, six podcasts <laughs> of traveling to Vietnam, and you know what, man? I'm so grateful that everything had happened the way it did. Because, again, I met three people on the plane that just so happened to be just amazing individuals. But nonetheless, guys, I am back, and here we go. Luckily, while I was in Vietnam, I was able to type up a number of different blogs to guide me with these podcasts. Because we're literally about six to seven episodes away from the conclusion of this. And then I'm going to shift focus to, of course, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because I think a lot of people need to understand this. I was talking to an individual, 27-year-old, Tan, Tan is his name, uh, and he was sitting right next to me in the middle seat, big shout out to Tan, if you're listening to this, and uh, I was talking to him about, you know, you need money to work for you rather than working for money, and there was another guy by the name of, uh, oh my god, I didn't catch his name, but he was on the flight too, he's from Scotland, big shout out to you if you're listening to this, and you know, we were, we, were, we have that same philosophy, and we were talking about that, so... That's why I want to shift focus to Rich Dad, Poor Dad before going into, uh, what is it, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's book because I believe, what is it, the the subconscious mind, spirituality, the, the sub, superpower, I don't know, something like that. But I've already downloaded it and I've been reading it and it's been amazing. So I'm just preparing for another journey of personal development into, let's just say, it's time to shift this paradigm because I've gone over so many books already, so... With that introduction being said, guys, we're into episode number 91, and it's Restoring Organizational Trust. Oh, my God. Guys, restoring trust in an organization, I mean, it's got to be difficult, right? I mean, how can you change the heads? Remember, I've just experienced two horrific services. Now, remember the visa service that I talked to you about? That got a lot of plays and downloads from only Ho Chi Minh City. Now, hopefully, this is able to change the paradigm of the way they deliver customer service online and through email. Now, that's the only reason why I made that podcast, and it was a travel tip. Never use this visa agency. Why? Because they just seemingly don't give a damn. So this is why we have to shift that focus, uh, and we need to figure out what's the organizational trust that's happening. I'll give you another one, Vietjet Air. When I checked in my baggage... They did not complain at one airport named Dalat. When I went to Ho Chi Minh, they they didn't only fuck me. They fucked everyone, and they wanted everyone to pay. I saw one disgruntled uh, – what is it? One disgruntled oh, – oh, my god. Uh, the guy that literally – you know, he got angry because he's like, wait, it, it's overweight? I don't understand. This, that. And so he had to go pay that extra fee, and then he had to come back and get his passport. I mean it's just – that type of disorganizational trust is very difficult to overcome because these shitty, low-budget airlines, this is how they profit. Even if it's losing face and creating such a disgusting online persona that will completely deface the company. This is how they profit. This is how Thai Air Asia is profit. This is how so many low-budget, trash, Ryanair airlines, this is how they profit. No, I'm not saying that at a matter of, uh, of anger, but again... If you have – if I can't trust you because you – at this airport, no problem. When I go to Ho Chi Minh, big problem. The, the, the amount of the, – there, there's no communication. 
And so with no communication, you lack integrity. When you lack integrity, you lack the capability of even getting the individuals to their desired uh, location from point A to point B. And then that goes into the results. Your results are way below substandard. So from now on, I've learned my lesson. Now, how can you restore that? Well, you know what? I guess it all comes down to producing and producing in the future. Becoming self-aware that you guys or whatever company you may work for or this or that, that you suck. But let's look at it from this, uh, from this perspective. Why is it that the likes of Singapore Airlines, Emirates, Qantas are high-trust airlines and high-trust organizations and how they will always outperform the low-trust, low-budget airlines. Why? Because you know what? They make an effort to help the individual. That's what it comes down to. See, with high-trust, they not only create a great working environment, as you can see amongst the employees, it also provides a powerful competitive edge. I remember reading an article about three years ago about low-budget airlines. And with this low but uh, they were talking about, you know what, are low-budget airlines going to take out the monster airlines that exist around the world? I'm like, no way, because service, great service will always outperform trash service. Great trust will always outperform low trust. You know what, if you're a bad, yes, now, these types of airlines, they cater to people who really don't give a damn. Uh, to people who don't have enough money, so therefore they're going to treat them as if they don't have enough money. That's called a low-trust organization, and that's uh, that's just how it is. But Singapore Airlines, when I walk up to them, they smile. They say this. They say that. I remember telling you guys at Los Angeles Airport. They're like, sir, your luggage is just a little bit over for your carry-on. Can you put some things from your carry-on into your uh, checked-in luggage? Switched it, and they were like, okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Fantastic service. Cathay Pacific, fantastic service, except at Hong Kong Airport. But Cathay Pacific here in Bangkok, well, Bangkok, you, you know how it is. But I'm just saying, I can trust them. They don't tell me to put my carry-on baggage onto the weight scale. They don't tell me to put my carry-on baggage onto a weight scale in front of the gate to check and see. And if it was overweight, they would tell you to hurry up and run back to check-in and you would miss your flight. See, that's the problem with low-trust organizations and low-trust airlines. So, how can you restore it? It's the director from the higher-ups, the CEO, all the way down to the people who actually check people in, okay? Looking back on how I've experienced this, it also validated the importance of showing that loyalty and the righting wrongs. The value of restoring trust in the organization and the impact of speed and cost. See, a low trust organization, you can see what low trust is just by them checking in and having so many check-in kiosks. Only for every last one of those flight, uh, check-in desk people to, oh, to, to, to give not only horrific service, but to also say, oh, your carry-on baggage, it's the same as your, you know, your, your this and that. And I'm like, wait, my personal item counts as kilos too? They say, yes, it's the airline's policy. I said, you know what? Your CEO and everyone at the top, they bred this monkey business within your entire organization, and you guys will fall flat just as if, uh, what is it, the other low-cost areas that just went completely AWOL. 
There was one in India and one in Europe. I forgot the name of both India and Europe, but you guys probably know what I'm talking about out there in India and Europe. They disappeared overnight and they fucked everyone. This is what happens when you have a trash CEO that's looking for short-term economics versus long-term impact and long-term loyalty. You got to show loyalty to your customers. You can't do these types of things and expect to advance in the future. You will fail. And now I've learned my lesson. It only takes one passenger to make it 100 to 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, 1 million people that realize, you know what? This is a trash airline. They delayed two times and they canceled two times. I don't think I'm going to get out of Vietnam. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm talking from a perspective of what has happened to me over the last X amount of days. So even when it comes to a work perspective, I was hired this job that I'm actually working full time at. And this guy said, okay, so we're going to give you this amount. I realized that it was an X amount less. And I said, whoa, um, what? He's like, yeah, well, they, they take this amount and they say they pay you only at the end of the conclusion of the courses. Consider it a bonus. I'm like, dude, that's not a bonus. That's still the overall total that he could just pay us throughout the course. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, okay. So when I talk about from a, a, a disorganizational trust, like I can no longer trust him. It's funny because one of the women were like, hey, can you do a corporate program out there in Lakarbang? Lakarbang's near the airport and it's, very, it's way too far for me. And I'm like... Considering that I know he will not pay for transportation, considering the fact that I know he's uh, it's only this amount per hour that he's already paying me for these simple-ass classes, absolutely not. So I just gave them the excuse. I said, no, nah, I'm good. Why? Because I know that other companies are willing to pay me a hell of a lot more and pay me what, you know, what I'm actually worth. Does that make any sense to you guys? So I really want you to look at it. From a perspective that from a work relationship uh, or organization, whatever it may be, if there's a lot of miscommunication, it all comes back to the person at head. Amazon, Nike, if there are problems around China or doing this or doing that, and if there are constant layoffs with all the car dealerships around the world, you know exactly what the CEO's about. And I just don't believe in that. Just like with Elon Musk. He said, oh, we had to lay off a lot of people. I feel so bad. And again, people will say, oh, lay them off and rehire them. I'm perfectly okay with that. Rehire the people that were already working there. But if you lay 4,000, 10,000, 15,000 employees off with no incentive to get money afterwards, you have promoted yourself as a disorganizational a car dealership, airline, whatever it may be, company in general. So I love talking about these things because – this can make you guys realize, okay, how can I restore that? Well, it comes from the top like a, a food pyramid, and it goes all the way down to the bottom. So if you see an employee who's very happy, you know that the CEO is doing a great job. If you see an employee that is very discontent, you know that the CEO is garbage. So if I go to Amazon and they're unhappy, the CEO's garbage. Yes, a lot of people will say, no, it's the work relationship in that specific country. Bullshit. Your CEO is garbage, okay? What's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. I don't memorize names. Uh, oh, I was going to say Jeffrey Dahmer. That's horrible. No, no, not Jeffrey Dahmer. That, that was the guy that ate people. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Jeff Bezos. There we go. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Trillion dollar. But is he treating his employees with fairness in terms of pay? Apparently not. So would I ever work for a place called Amazon, let alone would I ever purchase products from a place called Amazon. Absolutely not. Why? Because there is disorganizational trust going all the way to the top. 
all the way to the bottom of the discontent of the employees. This is how it works. This is how I make my decisions in making purchases for specific companies too. So guys, I hope this helped you today. I really did. I really, 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 really do. And with that and before I let you guys go and go into relationship trust, which is going to be very, very interesting. And then we're going to cover up so many other things uh, leading into the end of this. Um, I am I am very, very grateful at this moment. Big shout out to my folks in Mountain View, California. They used to listen to my ESL podcast, and I think they realized I had a personal development one, and I had a... My most plays and I think my second most plays in one day or downloads in history in my podcast with over a thousand. And then the second day I had another 900 downloads from Detroit, Michigan. So whoever it is from these specific places, I want to just give my absolute gratitude and, and, and just be thankful in the moment for you individuals because finally, I think finally, you, you know, 3% of my podcast plays Overall, in three and a half, well, three years and eight months, has nine months, has just happened in the last, what, I guess you could say 36 hours. So, well, actually about 28 hours. And so, thank you. And I'm just so grateful for everyone else stemming from Abu Dhabi to parts of Australia, New Zealand, all of you who are listening to me, especially my Americans. Thank you so, so much. And if you guys find this to be very, very useful, please rate me on the iTunes store, whatever, uh, and make sure you share away. And again, Q&As. I love doing Q&As. So with that being said, guys, make sure you uh, uh, Motivational Mentors. I have that podcast and a couple of others, and I'm waiting on some more. I'm your host. As always, stay tuned for another one tomorrow. Over and out.